0: stream and check out the services.
1: It's Monday morning, it's the first of the month, and guess what, you are on live with the Primetime Angles Radio Show with your boy, the Primetime Capper Pop DiBiase, and I got the crew in the building with me this morning, you know, yesterday was a little heavy, so I got the Donna of Cape Cotton here, Jeff Dawson, and I got Philly Pete, aka Petey the Jeweler here, fellas, what's up? I hope everybody had a great weekend. What's going on? All good down here on
0: the East Coast. Uh, Weather's great for the next upcoming week. Uh, Yesterday, 6 o'clock, I mean, it was insanity. Kind of crazy how they moved it from midnight to 6 o'clock. And at 6.01, there was already 25 deals out there. So, we're ready.
1: Why why even have a deadline, bro? They were already just pretty much confirming deals like, throughout the weekend so you know i just i'm getting tired of that deadline. just fucking just let him sign you know <laughs> you know just literally just let him sign you know damn let's get over it let's 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 stop the shenanigans because literally most of the guys that you thought would have ran off and went somewhere and tried to make some money they were actually signed back and then the damaged goods and guys who have the egos and things of that nature they 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 jump ship um, you know, we're gonna say you know, we're gonna start the show off off top talking about Kyrie, K D and DeAndre Jordan all going to Brooklyn. Now three years ago you couldn't you couldn't pay you couldn't pay these guys a billion you couldn't pay these guys to, to literally even think about going to Brooklyn. Now Brooklyn has became the hot spot, the hotbed. And hey, I even fell in love with Brooklyn when I went there for the uh, few hours I was there. So it's 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 not a hard uh sell in my opinion. And I have been saying this for the last year or so that Brooklyn had no stars, and if you want to create a star or create a uh uh, team where you want to go to and build something great that just doesn't have a tradition yet. Brooklyn was the place to go and KD, Kyrie and uh DJ did go ahead and choose Brooklyn, but I think since they'll be so so blinded by the star uh, the uh, by the star power that these guys bring that they'll be able to uh you know uh, excuse some mistakes and shortcomings and everything that's going to occur with this Nets team coming up this season. First one being no Kevin Durant. Fellas, real quick, uh, you know, one of you one, somebody can go first. But real quick, what were you guys' thoughts on the uh, KD Kyrie DJ situation going to uh, Brooklyn? Yes, I mean, uh, what can I say? We all were, uh, you know, you guys.
0: I guess New York had a uh, cold feet when it came to the Achilles injury and uh, Brooklyn was just like, you know what? We'll take him. Um, you know, I know I know we, I know we were thinking that he's going to go to the next the primetime stage, but hey, I maybe mean, this is what they were talking about during the All-Star break. Hey, listen, let's, let's, let's jump ship and let's go to Brooklyn. Uh, you know, they, they, they knew Kyrie Ovalc was going there. That's nothing new. That's pretty obvious to me. Uh, you know, Durant, they just... Uh, like I said, it's, it was it was kind of like oh well wow, you know uh, New York no like and again it's, it's a shame the Knicks can't you know it's just like everything's falling for the Knicks it's a shame no Zion no KD. Um, you know it's just it's just a shame with, with New York now you have Brooklyn up and coming now and, and you know they're they're loaded and uh, with the big man in DeAndre uh, DeAndre now they have him coming in now and you know this is going to be a solid three you headed horse now, um, you know, so, and, and then now you have to wait for the whole Achilles situation now with KD, but, you know, Brooklyn's going to be friggin' dangerous uh, when it comes, but, you know, I, I've been saying it yesterday, a couple of my buddies were texting me and saying, you know, I thought I New York Knicks was going to be a place for Durant, and I said, well, listen, I mean, they just had cold feet, they were just too worried about the Achilles injury, and Brooklyn was like, hey, if you don't want it, it we'll take them,
1: and here you got KD is now on that Well, I'm going to let Jazz speak because I'm about to play defense lawyer for the Knicks, okay? New York Knicks all my people in the garden don't worry. DBS, you got your back, okay? So, I got my explanation of why I think the Knicks did do a great job yesterday. Jeff, go ahead and break it on down for us if you want to, because, you know, we've been talking about this Kyrie KD thing for months now. So, But now it's a final. We can go ahead and nip it in the bed and put it in the grave, because it is what it is. He's on the, They own the Nets now. Go ahead, Jeff. Well, a lot of talk locally was for the future of the East. What
0: do you need? have to build the team kinda around uh, Giannis. Giannis obviously as we know isn't going anywhere for a while. So you need a rim protector. I mean so what what does Brooklyn do? They bring a seven footer, they they all they all end all be all yes Achilles will really he be in a year. But then they had DeAndre Jordan. So they didn't just add one seven footer, you know they had a seven footer all world hear DeAndre Jordan, so, you know, hats off, uh, I, I, I tweeted yesterday, I didn't want to give one ounce, one ounce of credit to Kyrie, because he poisoned the Celtics, uh, we're happy here with Kemba, we'll get to that at some point, but hats off to Kyrie, because and Brooklyn owes him big time, is, is, he didn't just come to Brooklyn, he, he brought... You know, two other players with him, uh, with KD and uh, DeAndre. Uh, uh, Like Golden State without Clay, uh, you know, it will be a a year of transition with DeAndre and KD. Uh, I mean, DeAndre and Kyrie, as KD plays uh, cheerleader. Uh, Be really interested to see what happens. You know, they got D'Angelo's right out uh, after. uh, I personally really, really feel bad for the Knicks, I enjoy the Knicks, I always enjoyed the knicks celtics rivalry, um, you know, as, as Pete said, and as you have said also, no Zion, no KD, no Kyrie, no Kemba, uh, but yeah, listen, they built some spots yesterday, I'm happy for them, I'm happy they got RJ Barrett, who I think is going to be a star, uh, you know what, maybe two years from now or next year and the year after when
1: free agency comes back a lot you know there'll be some diamonds in the left there so it'll be interesting pups yeah mark by words mark by words mark by words they're not gonna be as bad as they look let me tell you why the Knicks actually came up on probably the core players that a lot of guys were chasing yesterday Julius Randle believe it or not is a star waiting? He dropped 45 points uh, this year as a career high. He was actually coming into his own with the Lakers before LeBron came. That's why it was like if LeBron came or didn't come, the Lakers were still on a progressing to be a very, 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 very good team. And it was almost like, okay, you upgraded by getting Rand, uh, by getting LeBron over Randall. But actually, uh, Randall was the up-and-coming player. LeBron is the guy looking at the twilight of his career, even though he's still playing amazing basketball. So that was a move that the Lakers did not want to make. They wanted to figure out some way to keep Julius Randall. But you know, Julius Randall thought that he was going to go get paid. But what he did was he played it smart and went to uh new orleans and said okay i'm gonna go have a dress rehearsal for a year and then i'm gonna wait to get paid by a big market team somewhere down the road the knicks he was top priority with the knicks they went ahead and signed him wayne ellington hella a shooter philly should know this should know this growing up in philadelphia he's a philadelphia legend when it comes to prep hoops you, we all know this um and Wayne Ellington still has that smooth jump shot that's something that's the the Knicks needed badly then you got Bobby Portis Bobby Portis is a high-end uh rebounder he's a good low post guy he can score some buckets then you get Reggie Bullock yeah then you get Reggie Bullock a guy who can shoot who can defend play some uh pretty good basketball as well too and then I'm trying to remember the fifth guy that they picked up yesterday. I have it on a list. Let me go ahead and get it. But I'm telling you now, the Knicks did not. And Taj Gibson, Brooklyn's own. A guy who's very tough, and he, you can always depend on Ty. You know, is going to get you some offensive rebounds, defensive rebounds. He's going to play some defense. So I think that they got players that are very coachable, that can make a great chemistry for the Knicks to build up, to bring in a star for next year. I think the Knicks are really looking at it. Well, let's build through the draft, and let's build through bringing in good players that, that can that can do certain things and that's exactly what the the Knicks have been so stagnant for years with guys who do the same exact thing now they got a variety of guys that they picked up yesterday I think that they literally almost literally like to me not with star power but I think they kind of won yesterday when it came down to getting some quality players man because they got five quality players with all that money that they got up under the cap so, so that's my saying with New York. I know everybody feels bad for New York because they didn't get the superstar to put in the garden and all that stuff. But I think that's this might be best for them at this moment. I think that they did do the right thing when they said, you know what, we're not gonna be silly in this. We already had to deal with the situation with Amari Stoudemire. We're not gonna lose again. We're not gonna play. We're not gonna pay for a name because we don't want this guy to get lazy on us. You know what I mean? We don't want this guy to come in and then half-ass it once he gets in and makes it acceptable. See, with the Nets, they ain't never had nothing this huge happen to them. So they're like, okay, wow, we can wait a year. But the Knicks, they just can't wait a year. That's my, my whole thing, and I don't think the Knicks. I thought the Knicks were gonna be able to have patience, but I think the Knicks made a big boy move in my opinion. That's what, and I'm gonna stick to that. So you know, Knicks, I give you an a, I give you an a man. I know a lot of people won't do that because you know everybody's looking at the elite, the superstars. But you got you gotta understand, DeAndre Jordan is on the the uh, the whims of his career is is pretty much at the end, in my opinion. He he probably has about a good two or three seasons left of being a, a viable player. You know, Durant, you don't know how he's going to be when he gets back. And you know Kyrie's only going to play 60 games. Come on, let's keep it real. <laughs> Come on, let's keep it real. Kyrie's going to only place 70%, maybe 60% of the games next season because he'll have a hand issue, a leg issue, some, some type of issue. So, you know, that's where, where how I'm feeling with the um, Knicks right now. You guys, you guys go ahead and break it all down. Tell me that I'm crazy. I, I don't think you're
0: crazy at all because... Huh? I think the writing was on the wall. Uh, I, they, as you said, they, they know deep down before 6 o'clock who was coming, who wasn't coming. And it all started when they lost the ping pong balls. And then right there, that, that set them back. Listen, I will tell you this. If they got Zion and KD didn't get hurt, i my words. I bet you KD would have came to the garden. Uh, uh, And and for them now to, you know, slip and get Barrett, which again, we've talked about lengths and lengths here. Barrett is a great player. He's going to be a great player. There was no need for them to lose a year. Brooklyn has been Brooklyn. So they're like, listen, we're all in. You know, let's get. Let's get him now. We'll take the hit with the year. We'll 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 build around Kyrie and DeAndre. We'll wait a year on KD, and then we'll see what we got two years from now. Uh, I I like what the Knicks did, and I I was being a little sarcastic. Big Arkansas fan. I loved Bobby Portis in Arkansas. He's got some issues. Quick temper. Keep that right hook, you know, in your right pocket, please.
1: but I like what they did also. I agree. I think yeah. pick, picking up a Randall and picking up a Portis is like the equivalent of picking up a modern-day Mason in Oakley. But I would say Randall's a much better offensive player than Oakley. You know what I mean? So go ahead, Pete. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to just jump no, in like no, that. No, no, you're good. I mean, I, I agree, too. I mean,
0: it's, it's not the All-Star that they wanted, but it's something that... You know, they have the little pieces now that they can build upon for the future. I mean, you got, like I said, you have you have Randall, you have all these young guys now to, to play with better now. And you know, if you stick around, you know this this team's gonna be focused together and a couple of years playing together. You know, they're gonna be young enough to compete. And you know, like I said, back in the day, the '90s, man. That, you know, we want to see that next team that that comes back and competes and makes the playoffs, man. And it's and, and you know maybe in a few years. It's what we get with this team so I like what they did as well I agree in you know, all, all all situations that you and Jeff just mentioned um you know no Zion no KD and who knows if KD can get hurt you know and next you get that one pick you know we're going to be seeing that the, the tosses will be turned the other way we would be talking about Kevin Durant in the garden we talking about Zion in the garden but the fact that this team picked up the players for RJ Barrett to revolve around they're young enough um
1: just be from the watch they will be from the watch and we keep talking about RJ Barrett but the best player on the Knicks squad right now is Kevin Knox Kevin Knox is 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 is, is a six, seven point guard who can move the pill just like how your guard does in Philadelphia with Ben Simmons, can dunk on you, can shoot on you. There's a lot of good things going on with the Knicks when it comes to their young core. I like the way that the Knicks went ahead and said, you know what, we're not going to let our fans dictate who we're going to pick up. We're not going to run out and go get damaged goods and be laughed at when this person doesn't show up for us. And then we're going to get the blame for it. You got to understand that we're going to get the blame for it. Let's go ahead and get guys that can help us get win at least 35 to 40 games next season. We have a good, good enough coach for that to happen. We got Kevin Knox. We got RJ Beard. We just added a double, a walking double double in Julius Randle, a, a, a Charles Barkley uh, type in a sense. Then you bring in a, an, an enforcer and Bobby Portis. And then you bring in a savvy vet and Todd Gibson where you don't have a bunch of kids running around there. You know, uh, uh, as Jeff always likes to say, when you got the um, the prisoners, uh, uh, the, uh, the um, I, I don't want to say the prisoners running the prison because I don't want to offend nobody. But the, the patients running the asylum, you know what I mean? So, you know, it is what it is, man. And I think that the Knicks. I just want to speak highly for the Knicks because everybody was going to be so quick to be well. They lost again, and look at what they did. They picked up five quality players that everybody was saying, "Hey, I want. Uh, hey, we're, we're we're thinking about uh, getting something going for this guy. You, you know, we're thinking about getting something going for that guy." And it's like, well, okay. Well, here we are. There you are. The Knicks went ahead and got players that 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 other teams really wanted. That the high that the quality teams of the NBA like top 10 teams in the NBA were iron. they were hoping that these guys would be available Tuesday, Wednesday once they got done you know re-signing or re-upping uh, with their star players like the Nuggets did yesterday with Jamal Murray and things of that nature now Jeff explain to me why you think the Indiana Pacers and Jazz when you told me that earlier okay well well, uh, just a little homework assignment and,
0: and I was shocked when I uh, heard this uh, and I don't know if it was from Odd Sharks, I don't know what casino. Uh, if I told you now we'll to name me uh, the, the, the top three teams for uh, the under over for most wins next year in the NBA. And again, I don't have it in front of me. I was going off of what i heard. Uh, and also, I was trying to look it up. I think the Bucks were the number one team for the most wins. Uh, and either second or third now was Utah. Uh, and now uh, I, I caught it late now. I, listen, there were so many transactions in this war today. Uh, uh, I guess they are, uh, added today. Did they add the Bogman or not? Um, uh, they added someone today that I maybe added them. Maybe up to second or third. I know that they had had a, uh, was a lot of talks about Utah. Put it that way, I will get the homework and I'll have it ready for you later this afternoon on Twitter or obviously for tomorrow. The, the Indiana thing, listen, they were one of the better teams in the East last year. And then obviously depot went down. The addition of Brogdon is absolutely huge there. So, so when I say who won yesterday, I mean, the obvious winner was Brooklyn, but that's not for the next year. No, that's two years
1: from now. And I I personally like the addition to Russell with uh, Golden State again. But that's for two years. You know, you're going to have Clay, Curry,
0: and uh, D'Angelo. You're going to have quite an offense there in two years. But for next year, a healthy older people at Brogdon, at the pieces they've already had... That's pretty strong. You know, I had a kind of a debate yesterday for an hour or two with Bobby on Twitter, and I, I thought initially he was kind of being joking, the fact that, you know, the Celtics were taking a huge step back, and uh, I gave him a list of the people leaving, and there was a thought that the, uh, the Patriots, the Celtics, were going to add Storfric because they were going to, you know, do the signing trades. They were able to get to the four years. They couldn't get to the 101 or even the 91 million mark. Uh, Al's wife is devastated. She loved Boston. And hats off to the pro pro, Big Al. Wishing them all the best. Obviously, not looking for him to go to the Sixers. You know, but the Sixers now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, they lose Reddick, they lose uh, Butler, and they lost Harris too, right? Uh, No, we
1: got to Harris. Okay. okay. Yeah, he actually, he said he's re- he read up five years, right, okay. uh, Petey? He,
0: he, he re-upped and then they added out. So I like where the Celtics are going. I just love Brockton, and I think he's a hell of a piece, a hell of a fit there. I'm saying for next year. I'm not saying for two years from now. So I'm just saying they added pieces, what I'm hearing on social media and from some of the experts, you know, Utah and in Indiana kind of in stealth mode. I'm not saying stole yesterday, but they put themselves
1: in great spots. Right. All right, Philly, go ahead and break down uh, your Sixers for us real quick, and then we're going to go to a commercial break, and we're going to talk about some pit skin when we get back from that commercial as well, too. So go ahead, Philly P. Break it on down for us with the Sixers, man. How do you feel about Horford coming to you guys? 109, four years uh, to literally come over there and be the vet that you guys been really missing over the last uh, few seasons Um, to really get this thing going in the motion that you guys have always wanted it to go. How do you feel about that, Philly? Yeah, man. I mean, listen, the the
0: 109 for four years is kind of steep for for him, but listen, we're bringing in a vet that, like you said, we needed for a while. Um, He's someone that plays defense, shut down defense that we lack of, and um, it'll be nice to see him work with Embiid and to make him hopefully even, even more better aggressor than he is now, um, it's it's all the veteran that we need, we what we need. Um, I love it. Um, he uh, like I said, Jeff. Unfortunately, like he uh, he did his share in Boston, and uh, you know, and I'm sure you're very grateful for his services there. Um, but you know, it, it's nice to look at this guy. Um, you know, he, and I'm, and the whole situation. I, I like Josh Richardson a lot. Miami with that Jimmy trade um you know I don't think they found the third suitor yet I think the one with I think the uh I think the whole situation with Dallas dropped out but right now we're still getting Josh Richardson out of it and listen I'd rather take a young guy that's 6'7 um great wingspan a good shooter over uh JJ Redick um he did his services here Billy but you know it just he, he wanted too much and um you know, I think he wanted to play with Zion down in New Orleans. Uh, he got two years, 26 mil, which is what we were not going to give him at all. So, uh, you know, Sayonara, JJ, you were good for what you did, but we bring in a younger guy that has plenty of years left in him um, uh, who can develop, you know, not, not only a, a great shot now, but an even better shot. Um, I like it. He, he can play defense. He's he a good wingspan. Um, I think our length grew tremendously um than what he previously said um and uh, I, I i like right what, what we got there uh listen jimmy butler is just a diva um you know he, he just he's just he just cares about himself uh, a lot of speculation was that um you know he, between him uh ben and mb was just there was a lot of cancer in there um jimmy wanted to control the locker room but unfortunately you know it's not it's not his team um so there was a lot of on and off the court situations there from what I've been hearing from some sources. Um, so, you know, they, they just weren't going to give him the money. Uh, they were a lot of loaded with Tobias from the start. So um, five-year, 180 mil, that's, he, he was our eye and our focus going into the offseason. Um, he pretty much had it set in stone for about a week until the deadline when they were going to announce it right away. So um, I already knew Tobias was stated fully. Um, but, um, you know, it, it, I like what we did. Um, we bring some veteran core in to help us out on defense and with the caliber that he has and the championship teams that he's been on in Boston. Um, I love what he brings to Philly. Um, you know, the loss at JJ, it, it, it hurts, but I, I like the young, the young talent that we have at Richardson. And um, it kind of makes the Jimmy Butler situation a little bit better. So, um, you know, the money, the money for uh is a a little too much but if you could bring us you know he'll bring us what we need um i think our team is going to be better than last year even though i thought last year's team would have been the team to take the title um but uh, we we grow in length and um, that's something that we didn't have last year and uh, our defense is a much better improvement as well so uh, with that being said i i love what we did last year so we um yeah, we we got veteran help and we got the player that we wanted to come back in Tobias, um, and then Josh Richardson as well. So um, be on the lookout for some sort of bench help. Uh, we we are looking to get a, a, a some sort of shooting guard or or a shooter or guard in general um, to come off the bench as well. So I don't uh, right now I don't think the Sixers are done. I think they're still trying to figure out at least a, a, a player to come off the bench um, to, to fulfill the uh, the guard
1: the guard spot. All right. Well, that sounds good, man. I I have to agree, but I think Philly did the right thing. This is more about not it's just not about signing and bringing in Al Horford. It's about bringing the leadership portion in there. Al Horford is is a champion player, man. That's why he was in Boston and that's why he's he's out where he's at now. So, um, you know, pretty much I think that that was a good call. On their end, you had to lock him up and you had to make sure he didn't go back to Boston. So I think that was it, all in all a very, very good deal. And I think that they they get a positive influence in the locker room, something that Jimmy Butler wasn't bringing to the table. Yes, he's an intense player. Yes, he's, he's a clutch guy. But you know what? At the end of the day, you want to have guys that are positive like Al Horford, keep guys heads on a swivel and keep things moving forward. So with that, we're going to be right back. We're going to go ahead and take a quick commercial break, and this is the Primetime Angles Radio Show, hosted by your boy, the Primetime Capper, Pop DiBiase. And I got the crew with me, the Donna Cape Cod, Jeff Dawson, and Philly Pete. And we will be back to you in a few. The show is brought to you by Twinspires.com. Beer! Money! Bring us a new home. Enjoy your choice of adult beverage while I explain wrestling news radio
0: on its back. Every Friday night at 12 a.m. Eastern bedtime. Time at 12 M. Smith to get that deposit bonus. Now go out there and win and cash that ticket, as Pop DBoss says.
1: All right, we are back with the Primetime Angles Radio Show with your boy, the Primetime Capper Pop, D-B-I-C, and I got the crew with me, the Donna Cape Cod, Jeff Dawson, and Philip Pete, a.k.a. Petey the Jeweler. Um, and before we get into football real quick, I'm just going to talk my little ish real fast. Don't be over here bigging me up about no damn Troy Daniels coming to the Lakers, man. It's disappointing right there, dude. With all these good G League players, with all these good players out there, man, Lakers, you gonna go run and go get Troy Daniels as if that's that's news, that's newsworthy situation. You guys could have just talked about that next week, you know, as down the road. Well, you know, the Lakers picked up Troy Daniels. This did not need to be a Shams bomb or anything of that nature, Lakers. Okay, contact me, get at me when y'all get, get a real name up in here, all right? And I know everybody's over there looking very foolish right now waiting on Kawhi. And he's flirting with the Clippers with this. T- if the Clippers are to get him over us, I just, oh my God, that's going to be just, it's going to be terrible on La La Land. You won't hear the end of these Laker uh, fakers. That's what I'm saying. I, I'm a, I'm a real Laker, but the, we got a lot of fakers coming back around. You know what I mean? All the, the Warriors fans, well, you know, they ain't got Iggy no more. But I said, we were going to talk about football. Let's go ahead and talk about football because you know what? We got the fantasy guru in the house. Well, you know, they both fantasy gurus, both P and jeb but you know what Uh, we usually go to philly pete for the uh for the uh sunday uh uh, fantasy and things of that nature but we got the top receivers today and let me go ahead and get through my five and i'm gonna let pd break down his five as well and then hopefully we don't get too far into it and we get enough time to talk about the big 10 overs and unders win total that's going it's going to be fun fellas. All right, my top 5 for the NFL fantasy uh receivers right now. Jeff Pete This this is my 5. This is my 5. Uh number 1 DeAndre Hopkins Texans. Julio Jones, number 2. Who? Julio Jones. And then uh Juju, number 3. Number 4 is OBJ, and number 5 is the infamous one AB and that's my top five. I got AB top five uh, at the fifth spot because AB's getting a brand new quarterback. I don't know how him and Carr are going to adjust each other. This is a make or break season for Derek Carr as well, too. So we'll see how this, see how that goes in that situation. But I really, truly think that um, they will... They will be able to coexist and they'll be able to get some things going, but it might not be enough to save Carr's job as the late Raiders head over to uh, Las Vegas next season. Um, Then we got OBJ. OBJ is supposed to have a superior superb season. And literally, I want to say 4A and 4B because I want to put Jarvis Landry in the group too. I don't know why I feel like Jarvis Landry at this point is a better receiver than LBJ, but I'm just going on pageantry and just going off off, of... you know just just the results and who actually you know but even though Jarvis Landry's stats are actually a little bit better than uh Beckham's when you that de- when you really go and look at it and I know I'm I'm gonna speak a little bit before I'm gonna speak step out of turn a little bit but I know he was a high choice on Philly Pete's weekly um fan door rosters as well to Jarvis Landry and that's for a reason because Jarvis Landry's always gonna get a lot of catches and he's always gonna figure out ways to get that ball in his hand so for a four be with the uh, so the Browns receivers OBJ and uh, Jarvis Landry, the bro- the LSU, the Bayou brothers, and then Juju's number three because Juju's ready to break out, be a pro bowler this season. He's gonna be a monster, he's the, the rare speed, strength, height, everything that you have to be to be a great receiver. And then, literally, I love the fact that he's killing it right now because I remember uh, your, your boy, uh, Todd McShay. This is why he's one of the most mediocre draft analysts I've ever, has ever came around in time to me because he said that Juju Schuster was the most overrated draft prospect he ever seen in his life. Oh, really? Well, Juju Schuster is just another in the long line of these just ultimate beast receivers that can change the game on a split of a second. So yeah, he's pretty overrated, fellas. Yep, yep, yep. Totally. Yep, this is why guys aren't NFL GMs. That's why they work on ESPN. Um, and then number two, Julio Jones. You know Julio Jones holding it down. By far, pound for pound, for pound best receiver in the NFL. Let's l- keep it real. And he does have one of the best uh, signal callers thrown to him as well, too. Matt Ryan. And when Matt Ryan's focused and the, isn't panicking and isn't overthinking things, you know he's top five in the NFL quarterbacks. And there they ain't no argument with that. And... Um, Literally, Julio Jones, it's a make or break season for everybody in Atlanta. I think that if Atlanta has another 5-11, and 6-10 season, they're blowing this whole thing up. You know, Arthur Blank, you got an ex- expensive stadium to pay for, so you know how it goes. And then first on the list is somebody who's so underrated he doesn't get enough uh accolades in my opinion and i think that by far he has the best and most trustworthy hands in the nfl as well too and this guy is always catching balls in duress then that's deandre hopkins d hop man and i think that him and um Him and uh, Watson are going to be on a whole different level this season. And I think that he's probably going to have his best season ever in the NFL this year, to be dead honest with you, because man, that just, I just think it's his breakout year to where everybody says, okay, I love me some DeAndre Hopkins. So that's my top five right there.
0: targets uh, with the ball going to Juju now compared with, when they had uh, A.B. as well. So A.B. has gone uh, Smith-Schuster going to step up right away to that, to that role. He's going to be getting plenty more targets. Um, you know, Last year, I believe he saw about uh, at least around the 170 mark. So, I mean, he, you could easily assume he's going to go over 200 this year, no doubt. Um, so that, that ranked him top five last year, and that was with A.B. So, um that being alone, I mean this guy is gonna be ch- on everybody's radar. I'm really big on indoor receivers as well, that they don't have to worry about playing outdoors. So half of the year they're inside. So um, you have to deal with the wind and weather. So Julio is is my number four player. Um, Number three is your boy Odell Beckham Jr. Um, you know, there's a reason why they would answer this guy. You know, he's not going to be coming to Cleveland just to be, like, you know, part of the dog pound, no no pun intended. But, you know, he's going to be – there's a reason why they bought him there. He's there to make plays and to make Baker happy, to make Jarvis happy. Um, you know, you got the
1: LSU reunion. Um, to, hey, Petey, man, he ain't there to make them happy. He there to make the dog pound happy. Boy, you know that. Come on, <laughs> yeah, it's fun. about the fan base, man. Forget yeah, what fun. they talk about. He's making everybody happy. Yeah, man, he's he there to make the make the fans happy, man. For the first four weeks of the season, before they find out who they really are. My bad. Go ahead, Philly Pete. I just had to I just had to mess with you real quick.
0: one of the elite guys in fantasy this year. So Odell comes down number three for me. Um, number two, he was my boy. He's also one of my keepers in um, a couple of leagues that I have for, for uh, auction keeper leagues. Um, and he actually helped me, besides Christian McCaffrey, to win a title. And that's my boy, Devontae Adams, at number two. Um, he is just phenomenal. I love everything about this guy. Um, he, he's just clutch when you am him to be. He plays with one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL in Aaron Rodgers. Um, you're, he's like, he catches everything that comes in his way let's be honest Like he, he's, he'll give you the 15-20 the, the points that you need um, he's also a uh, first round pick in fantasy leagues, auction leagues you're paying about 50 bucks for him if not enough to be 5 um, so you know, if you don't want just 55-70 the Deeks or the CMCs you, know, you, should, you should save your money for the receivers this year I'm seeing a lot of fifteen to fifty five dollars on Devontae Adams. So um, he finished at the top three receiver, um, behind Rodgers, Rogers, even though he just he only threw twenty-five touchdowns. Um, but you know, he had more than half from Devontae in 13 touchdowns last year. So, um, you know where you're getting out of him. The ceiling's high, he's a young guy, he averaged about fifteen sixteen points at Laticure advantage. Yeah, you know, he'll give you the top top five receiver numbers every year, if not the top two receiver numbers every season. Um, so he's uh, he, he comes in at my number two slot, Blounte Adams. And then you know, there's no argument here. I'd be shocked if someone has anyone ranked over this guy. But number one belongs to DeAndre Hopkins. Um, you know, there's nothing else I could say about this guy. You know, you have thrown throwing the ball, deadly accurate. Hawkins catches literally everything that comes to him one-handed.
1: DeAndre, DeAndre, DeAndre. Hopefully he don't blow Is Hopefully we don't lose him early on in the season. That's all I can say is because, you know, when they hyping you and everybody loving you, you know something always crazy so always happens. But I think DeAndre be fine. I think that, um, I totally agree. It's funny that you did put Devontae Adams and I'm over here being very, 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 uh, I would say, um, as we would say at the track, um, being very, um, what the, what's the word that I want to say? Um, being very kind of contrarian, you know, just going ahead and just getting the, uh, going with the somewhat of the favorites, the, the head horses and things of that nature. That's why I still have AB in the group because I feel like AB still got a lot to prove and I think that they're going to have some big one-up competitions and things like that. Jeff, what you thinking about receivers because this is the deepest position in all of the NFL. And you know what? It was hard to do a top five. I really want to do a top 10 to be dead honest with you because I know that I left out so many great receivers in this group that just because everybody in the NFL has a marquee receiver. I can't, we cannot, none of us can argue that point everybody has a marquee receiver that can break games open everybody has a game breaker everybody has a great tight end you know it's just it's just it's it's fun to watch to be dead honest with you the receiver position nowadays in the nfl the one-handed catches and the 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 way that the toe taps all that good stuff it's a poetry emotion when you watch in the receiver position so it's really difficult to say who's the top five because when you got 10 that you feel that have to be in the top five you can only get it down to a certain group and i think that i lean my group toward more towards teams that are going to be a little bit more dominant this season. Cleveland, we don't know, that's a wild card, but I think the other teams are, are in, in play to win their divisions. That's why I uh, and the I know AB's long shot as well, too, but I know my top three guys they're in play to win their divisions this year, so it is what it is. Um, Jeff, any thoughts about fantasy, real quick before we move on to uh, uh some college football? I, I'll give you
0: a quick recap. Where, where We're in the NFC West. We'll be wrapping that up this week. And then we will have our first set of projections coming out sometime the following week. My quick top five, based upon past experience, based upon opportunities. Uh, so I'll have a couple head scratches, And I'm going to throw in a, a, a watch out group crack top five. Uh, my, my guy is basically tied at five for me two reasons. Uh, both who probably scratch your head is Julio and OBJ. Julio was for years upon years famous to get you to win the division parts the wires but when you needed him in week 14 15 16 always often injured off his uh hand string, toe whatever it is so wasn't there for you to win the playoffs so a little sour taste volume stud we all know that but i got him and obj uh, again, another team another stud. There was a lot, a lot of us to beat over in Cleveland. Uh, we haven't even talked about, you know, in week uh, nine on with Hunt coming back there. You talked about Landry, uh, OBJ, Juku, uh, a lot of us to beat yeah, Callaway, et cetera. So I got those ties. two guys at five ties. Um, again, tied in three, four for me is Adams and Thomas. Absolute can't miss with either one of those guys. Adams with Rodgers, new OC, new head coach. Uh, Thomas, obviously, with Breeze. Two shorthanded, 100 catch plus guys, uh, double-digit tight ends. You cannot lose with either one of those. Uh, My number two is Juju. I've heard a lot, a lot of people talking on the outside. Will be incentive to prove it wasn't a B, it's Ben and the system. Juju, 175, 180 targets this year, double-digit tight end uh, touchdowns, 100 plus, 125 receptions. Love me some Juju and uh, number one Hopkins, D. Hop as you call them. Uh, another year removed from the ACL with Watkins. Again, that team is all predicated. Just give. Sean some time to throw the ball. That's it. And if his two and three wide receivers can stay healthy a fuller, uh, who else is open there now? Uh, they have a couple of the wide receivers. If they can stay healthy and on the field and don't get Hawk double teamed. I mean, the numbers, Hawk two years ago won me uh, two national championships. Uh, so he's definitely my one. Juju's my two. My sleeper to crack the top five don't be a hater. Uh, his numbers, his last eight weeks were off the charts. Big fan of his. I'm uh, uh, sticking my neck out here. I love Miso Amari Cooper. Uh, I love Dak and a, a potential year um, he's looking to get paid. That O-line healthy again. Zeke. I love me some Cooper. I'm not saying he's going to crack the top five, but I'm loving me some Cooper as my number two wide receiver. If stays healthy for 16 weeks, expecting a monster. So he's my sleeper. But our top five's all between the three of us, kind of, sort of,
1: all about the same. Right? The consensus is DeAndre Hopkins, You are. we are calling you the number one receiver in the NFL. That's what you are, buddy. The number one in receiving the NFL. Hopefully, you can get a team that's going to get you over the top, though. Okay. Instead of going to the commercial, we're going to jump into um, this NCAA. I got you guys for a few more minutes, don't I? Yeah. All right. Just checking because it's Monday. It's still 2 o'clock, my brother. Well, all right. But we got a lot of teams here, too. You know what I mean? So, y'all want to get a breather, or do you want do do you want me to go ahead and just get into it now? All right, we're going to take a quick 90-minute second commercial. Everybody's going to catch their breath a little bit, and then we're going to get to talking about this uh, NCAA uh, situation real quick. Big 10 over under wins list uh, coming on up. This is the Primetime Angles Radio Show with your boy, the Primetime Capper, Pop Dibiase, and the crew, the Don of Cape Cod himself, Jeff Dawson, and Petey the Jeweler, also known as Philly Pete, and we'll be back to you guys in 2 and 2. those on Sunday, NFL Sundays in Vegas and everything like that, but make sure you are, in Saturdays too, you know what I mean, Saturday, we talk about Sundays, but Saturday's really the day Jeff, college football oh my God. college football okay, these guys get started at 9 o'clock and after they get bombarded at 9 o'clock, here they go with the 12 o'clock game, after they get whooped in the 12 o'clock game, here they go with the 2, 3, the two, three, four o'clock set, um Okay, and then you over here, okay, then you're going to put your last 100 to 200 on the ABC game of the night, the game of the week, you know what I mean, with the with the team that you're, you've been locked in on, probably Alabama, you know, all day long, Alabama's going to bring everything home, they'll cover the 32, minus 32, Alabama wins by 28, and then you tell yourself, okay, you run, then, then then you run to the ATM. You got to go get another 200 because you tell yourself, well, I think UCLA will win their game over at the Rose Bowl tonight. UCLA gets beat by three touchdowns. So, you know, like, damn, it was a bad day. And it happens, man. It happens. I think it, 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 uh, the, the key is enough is enough. <laughs> you shouldn't learn your lesson after the, you, you didn't do well in the 12 o'clock games. It ain't going to be a day-to-day. And then don't be that guy. Don't be that guy talking about, well, I would have took this game, but I was too late when I got to the window. That means you got to be, uh, if you really wanted the game, you had been up there at 8 o'clock to bet it. Hey, hey
0: that's
1: it. You, you
0: hit so many good points there, and, and I like this point, okay? Let's say um, the 10 o'clock Pac-12 game is... UCLA uh, plus five and a half at Arizona State. And, and the guys at the at the casino with like you said, nine AM. you offer, if that's your play of the day, you make sure you go to the window and play that immediately, then come back down sit down and figure out your card. I think what I try to preach to everyone is this is it's a seven day work week. You try to grind Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Pops, you nailed it. Saturday is the day. You should be in that crescendo level. And Saturday's the day that you pop up for three, four, five, six, eight units, whatever it is. And then Sunday's the day of rest. This is the NFL. It's also fantasy football day. There's a million different reasons, but you want to already have your week complete. You do not want to be going into Sunday having to make up three, five, eight, ten units. It ain't happening. And the other mistake people make is this: is there's a game on at noon. There's about three or four of Right? Uh uh the Big East game, uh uh the the Houston Temple game. You know, they'll they'll wet you the whistle and then there's always that twelve twenty five Big Ten start. So the people that miss the twelve o'clock at least can get something in at twelve twenty five or twelve thirty. Okay. They need something in and then you usually start the day with a loss. And then the chase begins even more. So just because this kickoff at twelve o'clock or nine o'clock uh pops time doesn't mean you need to get action on that game. It starts the trend, it starts the chase, the quicksand. If there's nothing at 12, move on to one. I'm a huge believer of passing early and Digging into the 330, the SEC games, or, you know, whatever. There's, there's so many games on a Saturday. You know, you, there's 100 games. If You pick out three to five. You play your size, your unit size. Stay in your lane size, and
1: then you move on from there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that's what it is. And since we're talking college football, let's go ahead and talk about the Big Ten real quick. And if Philly Pete's over there. I can I can see him now. He's toe-tapping the ground, everything. He can't wait to talk about the Nittany Lions. He's going to be mad at me, though, with my opinion about his team this year, though. Sorry, Philly. Sorry, Philly. Yeah, sorry, Philly. They they got y'all with way too many wins this season. I just I just can't see it happening. But we'll talk about it in a moment. We'll talk about it in a moment. Okay, uh, the 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 East is rough, man. When you look at this uh, group, and I just say to myself, I say, why is it that they want to put Michigan in? Ohio State in the same division in this conference. Like, it really doesn't make any sense, but it does make a lot of sense because it just wouldn't be fair to have a Michigan last week of the season game and then a Michigan-Ohio State. Uh, Big 10 game every single season. Literally the Big 10 championship is getting settled with with the game now with Ohio State, and Michigan. Okay, and then so but these aren't the, this ain't the first team we're talking about though. First team we're talking about is the Hoosiers of Indiana. Uh the the school that literally just puts out a football team that always win uh maximum of 5 games or less and once again they got them they got a good number on them this year though fellas um but it's a number that tells me they still gonna be in the same position though this this season as well too and i am gonna go ahead and circle the under six for this team this season i think they go five and seven at best guys in my opinion indiana five and seven you get plus 115 on an under six uh deal so if they do win six games hey you get the push you know, no hook here so that's why i gotta go under six with this spot right here fellas what are you thinking real quick on indiana real real quick because indiana ain't, the, ain't ain't one of them teams that we got to talk so indefinitely about I, I
0: just think that six is a is a kind of a statement game uh not a big fan i liked watching them offensively i thought uh you know they, they kind of they weren't as boring as some of the Illini blowout games or whatever tough call for me uh, I think 6 is actually the, the, the pretty much the number I'm seeing a lot of experts getting that right around 5 and 7 so I, I'll, I'll take the
2: under 6 I'll take the under 6 yeah I
0: mean, I mean they, their first 4 games you know it looks like they should be 3-1 their first 4 games uh, but it's a lot they Indiana Hoosiers to me, uh their offense compared to previous years, but I like them on their 6 as well.
1: 5 and 7 is what I have on my notes here. Yeah, and that's what I do. I think, that's, I think we're all in consensus there. So, sorry, Indiana. Sorry, uh, Bloomington. Uh, we're not rocking with you guys like that this year. Okay. You're going to still be Indiana. All right. That's what you're going to be. Okay. Uh, five and 17 at best, but you know what though, they're going to get us some upsets this year too. And they're going to be a nice cover on the road at certain points, especially late in, especially in November, in my opinion. You know what I mean? When you get them as a plus 33, I think you had to jump on Indiana that day. You know what I mean? That's what people have to understand about the teams that win five or six games. They win five or six games for the season, but they might be eight and four on the spread. You know what I mean? And that's why I can't wait till we get week in, week out, see these teams playing, and then we can really break it down to the compound. You feel what I'm saying? So um, our next one is going to be like this. It's going to be... Now we go to Michigan. Oh, no, not Michigan. We go to Maryland. They ain't giving Maryland no shot. Maryland's been such a tough team. Maryland literally was seconds away from beating Ohio State last year. And they beat Texas two years in a row. So what is it that they don't respect about this maryland team guys they got them at four and a half i easily got them going over four and a half wins this year and i'm getting plus 125 on that bad boy but give me over four and a half with maryland this year i think they go five and seven six and six at best this year maryland's still gonna be a good still gonna be a decent team this year they, they they're scary you know what i mean they, they they they're scary you know we know we know this it's tough when you go over there to um to their house and try to get a win you know, and um, I like Maryland, so that's what I'm gonna do here I'm gonna take the team that's out of place in, in, in literally Rutgers and them out of place Nebraska too, but it doesn't matter they here, and that's who I'm gonna go ahead and take here Maryland in that spot, and I'm gonna take Maryland over four and a half fellas I think that five and seven season six and six at best for these fellas what do, what do you guys think I agree mm. Well, it it, it sounds like you guys don't want to go too in-depth about Maryland either, so... (laughs)
0: and they, 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 they
1: Hmm. Well, there it is. We'll go ahead and we'll leave it at that. We move on. Now we got Michigan. The boy, the maize and blue. Does Harbaugh ever beat Ohio State? Now Urban Meyer is gone. And do you get the game? Do they get the game in Michigan this year? Or was it the... Yes, they do. No, they get the game them. in Michigan this year. Michigan State. Yeah. No, they 30th. November 30th, the game. Year, yeah. The game. I got Michigan going over nine and a half this year. Michigan's going to be much better this year. Let's just take a quick peek at the schedule though, real quick on Michigan. Let's take a quick peek at the schedule, see how they see. Because, you know, Michigan seems to get their mishaps in early in the season. Think about it. They And it's not even against a team in the Big Ten. It's always a team that's a non-conference. So I'm trying to see how they lining it up this year. They got Army as the toughest, the toughest. Gone, so the toughest. Okay. Look out for Army too. Give Army's gonna be a good. Is we're gonna take. We're probably gonna take Army that day to cover. Be that honest with you. Yeah. Yep. They won't win the game, but we're gonna take them to cover because this is what they're gonna do. They're gonna make them a plus fourteen uh, dog. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. They're gonna make them a big, big, big dog. You know what I mean? So. We're not going to take him to win, but we will take him to cover his spread. So, Jeff says – Jeff called it out quickly. Like, Pop, don't even get into all your rambling and rants and preaching. It's Wisconsin. No they had a tough game. But Penn State's the tough game on the 19th too. Then you got Notre Dame the next week. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah, then they get Maryland, and then two out of three of their last games are going to be tough too. But they're both home games, so they'll be fine. And then their two easy games are on the road. You know, I say two easy games, and one might be difficult for them. So, but that's good that they get a split bag at the end of the year. uh, Road at road, home, road, home, road, home. You know, and that that makes some sense. And then I think one of their tough home games this season is going to be against Iowa as well too, and. Be ready for records to be a plus forty-seven in that game. I'm already see. I'm already just thinking about future odds of the games that are supposed to be blowouts, and records to mess around and lose the game nine to forty-one. Watch, uh, uh, Michigan State seven and a half. I got them going over seven and a half. Michigan State's much better than they look on paper right now, in my opinion. And they got the same coach. They got the same mentality. They got the same idea. It's going to be your same old Michigan State. And I think that this team finishes up 8-4. And you are going to get some plus money on that bad boy as well, too. Plus 110. Michigan's a minus 170 to go over nine and a half games. So, they're literally saying Michigan is a guaranteed 10-2 and two this year. Right? Right? Yeah. But, but once again, like, I it's, it's in the words of the dime. There is no guarantee. There is no locks unless it's on your front door. Michigan can wind up going seven and five next season. Uh, Michigan State, though, I like them. I think Michigan State goes eight and four, and then they're gonna be the team that's gonna be the annoyance to both Ohio State and to Michigan this year. And Penn State should be an annoyance as well too. Once we get and then I and I I I'll, I'll have a little something for that too. But um, yeah, Michigan State. Over seven and a half, fellas. What are you guys thinking with this?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, you okay. Um, yeah, I like Michigan State. I like the over as well. I, I, I look at their schedule now. They could easily be easily be five and oh until they hit Ohio State. Um, and that's a way. So, I mean, this this number to me is very uh, seven and a half. I think that's neat. I think that's a, you know, a good over for me. Um, I, I like going three uh, At Ohio State, at Wisconsin, back-to-back weeks. I, I had them as both losses. Uh, then they come back home to Penn State after a bye week. I think they beat them, my boys, unfortunately. And then they're at Michigan on the 16th of November, where I think we'll, we'll, that'll be another loss. So uh, I can see can State here easily going 9-3. Um, I-, I like the over here. I don't know why it's a seven and a half but this is one of my teams that I can surprise people in the Big Ten. Um, I like the over seven and a half with ease. Mm. I, I, I think the schedule is Absolutely not just great for them Don't come out of the gate with a Tulsa Western Michigan, Arizona State uh, Be a nice little test Always a little challenge At and Northwestern. Grab the homecoming win against Indiana Then the two tough ones, Ohio State Wisconsin on the road Check them off as the L's Week off to get ready for Penn State at home, and then another week off to end. To end they should end the season three and one. At worst, they get Illinois at home. Uh, they at Michigan, which will probably be a loss, obviously. Then the end right gives in the end against Maryland. So as long as they come out of the gate guns a blazing, I, I definitely that, that that's a definite
1: over seven and a hook in my eyes. Mm. strong, strong man, strong. All right, so Michigan State, everybody got Michigan going over. And Y'all going to be like, pop crazy, man. This dude is nuts. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, once again, uh, first-year coach at Ohio State for, is going to be able to have the pleasure of going undefeated this season. Watch this. Ohio State's schedule really favors them to go undefeated this year, to be that honest with you. And I think Ohio State will go undefeated with the new coach, young coach, new breath of life, you know, all that good stuff coming into play. They're over 10 and a half right now for me. I think they win 11 games or better, but I think this team, I'm calling it now, I think this team could go undefeated next year. And I'm going to go ahead and look at their schedule real quick. September 28th, Bucks. September 28th. Who cares? Yep. Uh, the uh, Nebraska beat Nebraska by three touchdowns. Let's go ahead. Let's let's get it. That's right on. They have three point underdogs at Michigan right now. Yeah. Yeah. Which go. And then when we get to the Michigan game, it's going to be a pick em. <laughs> Or Ohio State <laughs> minus two and a half. Because I'm going to tell you like this Florida Atlantic, you're getting beat by 40. Cincinnati, you're getting beat by 40. Indiana, you're getting beat by 40. Miami of Ohio, you, 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 you might as well not even get off the bus, but that probably will be the only, the cover, uh, you know, because it's going to be plus 42. So that would be a cover right there. So if you, Miami of Ohio bet it that day, you know, and, and that's a good old Ohio State old school rivalry right there. You know what I mean? Uh, that's 100 years ago. That used to be who they was playing all the time, all those teams from the MAC Conference, uh, Jeff, Kent States and the Ohio's and by Miami of Ohio, and you know, all that good stuff, and you know, that's where they got a lot of great coaches from. Uh, um, the um, Woody Man himself, um, so literally, um, I do, I do, I, I know what you guys are thinking with Nebraska, and Nebraska's gonna be tough. They would already be four games in without a break because Ohio State doesn't get their break until the uh, Friday game against Northwestern, you know, what I mean, they have a week off in between that, but. When I'm looking at the schedule now, it's, it's dictating to me that the first five weeks, first six weeks, they won't have a bye. So the first six weeks will be the probably the best time of the year to to really upset them, because I think. By the time they get to the end of the year, they should be in full throttle. But I think they do have a recipe for disaster before they get to P.D.'s uh knit to P.D.'s Lions because the reason being is because they got to play against two of the pow- two, two 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 of the teams that are considered the powder cakes of the uh division. That's uh, uh the that's Maryland and Rutgers back to back. And then they get Penn State, Michigan. So the, the the competition and level of talent is gonna change. And hopefully it won't affect them down the road. But I can see this team winning more it going over ten and a half. At best they win eleven. I I mean at worst they win eleven. At best they go undefeated. And that's how I got Ohio State. You guys go ahead and bust Ohio State's chop for me. Jeff, okay,
0: you're Meyer. they already took a hit on the recruiting. Uh, you know, they've been top three, four for years with Urban Meyer there. I think they slipped to 15th or 17th this year in the overall recruiting. Uh, and they bring in, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, they bring in Mr. Josh Fields, highly touted at quarterback. Listen, they don't rebuild, they reload. I mean, their defense is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Their offense, I mean, trust me, they, they're, they're as rock solid as anyone. Okay. Now, going through the schedule, I mean, they don't have a break. Uh, they play straight through the first six games, okay? And obviously, Florida, Atlantic, Cincinnati, Indiana, as our buddy Dick Vitel would say, I mean, this is Cupcake City here. I mean, let's get real here. Uh, I'm not saying Nebraska's going to beat them, okay? But I, it is the second year with Brussels. Listen, I, I, I'll proclaim... 2020 is the year Nebraska wins this division, okay? So I'll give you guys one more year to have your glory in. Nebraska's won in this division next year, not this year. But I'll take the nine right now, blindsided uh, with my quarterback Martinez ready to rock and roll against Josh Reels on that day. Okay, so yes. And then you, you have Michigan State. Okay, so we'll give you your 6-0 and at Northwestern struggle that easily win. And then you got Wisconsin at home. I mean, Pops is familiar. Maryland at Rutgers, you got Petey's team, 23rd at home and then Michigan, I mean you're supposed to go in there undefeated against Michigan, take your three points with pride and hope for the the win and then you're back in the final four Um, I'm going to go on record here and say you got two losses this year one at Michigan and either someone's going to pick you up I got two losses with Ohio State this year
1: They've been singing that Michigan tune for way too long, eh? (laughs) man. I mean, they've been singing that Michigan yeah, too way too Michigan. long. I don't know. You maybe everybody doubts Michigan this year, they might be able to win the game because everybody's has anointed them the winner for the last two, three seasons because they feel like as if since Harbaugh was a uh, coach with the 49ers that he's be, that he can really beat that eventually he'll be able to beat the Buckeyes. He's looking like John Cooper out there. I'm gonna be dead honest with you, Jeff. He looking a lot, he's looking real John Cooperish right now. You're not looking like Lloyd car out there. <laughs> Tell you this. You mark my word here boys if they lose to Ohio state and home this year, he fired he,
0: no he'll resign his agent will already be on the phone but there'll be a half dozen new openings in the NFL he's going back to the NFL if he does not win that game this year it's not even he'll have put it this way there'll be another coach
1: coaching them in the bowl game he would already have been gone. Got you. All right. I know Petey and Petey over there, he knows who's coming next. Oh, yeah. He knows he's coming next. The, he, he knows. And you know what? It's crazy. One of, I know one of Petey's um, Nittany Lion idols, LeVar Arrington, actually is out here in my city. He coaches Maranatha High School, a little private school in da- downtown Pasadena. Um, or it's, it's somewhere in the area. And because um, they've moved to school like three times since I've graduated from school. But um, yeah, he's doing a pretty big, big things over there. Uh, Petey, uh, LeVar Arrington. So, you know, and he still loves his Nittany Lions. And one of my favorite uh, internet, like, jokester people is a Penn State uh, alumni as well, too, Spice Adams. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, Spice Adams is one of the funniest guys ever. Uh, Cream McBiggums, you know, uh, whatever he calls himself when he's trying to play basketball. But, yeah, Penn State, all in all, though. And that's when I—that's when it ends, though, guys. Penn State, great alumni. Always supply really great NFL defensive players and some offensive players. But right now, I got those boys going under 8.5, and, and they give me plus 140 for that one as well, too. I think they go 8-4 and four this year. Petey, I'll let you take the stage. though. I don't have too much to say about Penn State. I think that it's still going to be what your coach said. We're just an ordinary team. We're trying to be a great team, and I still think that they're just an ordinary team at this point. But prove me wrong, Philly. Yeah.
0: Went down to Mississippi State, so he, he, he transferred. Um, you know, so so now we have we now we now have our main boy Tyler Clifford at quarterback. Uh, listen, I, I was I, I didn't I didn't go to the blue white game, but um, I was watching it online, and um, you know he, he looks good. This this kid's gonna be really special in the future, and I and, 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 uh, and uh, really, uh, you know and can say really you know have a lot of high hopes on this kid, and, and, and I'm looking for the best. But I, I'm liking what I'm seeing with this new quarterback. Um, you know, Miles Sanders. He's, he, he's gone. He's on. He's on uh, left like the Eagles, which is great. Um, so now we have to fill that role with uh, Ricky Slade. Um, you know, another another fast, uh, durable guy. Um, he's um, five nine, boy. So so watch out. Two hundred pounder, five nine, small guy, really fast. You know, just be on the lookout for, for him this season as well. Um, uh, receiving court this year, well, we lost to Johnson. Johnson. Uh, um, he was supposed to be our senior. Uh, he transferred to Oregon um, to play out there. And, uh, you know, he was supposed to have one of the best, best seasons in his career, obviously. as a senior. He was supposed to lay it up and uh, too many drops, a lot of criticism, and uh, just did
1: not have, did not have the junior year. The State College. And you have a replacement for him. That's why he left. That's why. Exactly. You know, so yeah. Unfortunately, he's gone. We have a bunch of freshmen now, or now, now sophomores that are that are taking over the role now. So uh, one of the one of the
0: big uh, receivers last year came in as a freshman. Uh, expect him to have a monster, monster sophomore year. Um, he can do it all. His name is KJ Hamler. Um, you know, Michigan, the guy, the kid from Michigan, uh, coming out to play here. He had an awesome, stellar. Uh, freshman year he can do it all kickoff returns plug returns special teams um offense you know obviously as a receiver he can play in the backfield a little bit this kid this kid could do it all um look out for him this offense is is young but you know give them some time and and they're gonna be they're gonna be really special in the next uh, year or two to come um but you know it's just um like i said yeah, the leadership behind Trace is gone. You know we, we don't have him anymore. We have a, a new quarterback taking his place. This schedule is just like every other schedule to me. It'll it, it, open up to me. Oh, you know, Idaho a win. Buffalo a win. Um, the Pit game. You know it, it's it's the third year now that we've been doing this. You know we're at, we're at home. Um, they will take care of business again against it as well. At Maryland is a win. Purdue is a win. Now I was just going easily five and zero. Um, I, 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 Iowa is, you know, it's always tough to play in Iowa, and, and you know what happened two years ago when we beat them at the last possible second to win the game um, over there. And, and I think they have, they, I think Iowa circled this game on their schedule um, for us, and it's just going to be tough. Um, Iowa, I unfortunately have a loss, um, but uh, this team I just feel like I, I like the, I have the under. Uh, eight and a half, um, unfortunately. But I just think the way the schedule is, and again, this is going to be the same team where oh hey, you know you you start out five, six and oh, then you have that Michigan State, you have Ohio State, you have Michigan. Um, those are three games that we always tend to slip up on, and um, you could probably chalk in there Iowa as well. I mean, I think we go eight and four, um, and um, you know, and and. and in minnesota game on the 9th of november watch out for that game because minnesota is no ticky tag team that we're used to seeing this team will give penn state trouble um so you know you can even see a seven and five penn state team so um you know it's a, it's a tough second half of the season for us um you know it's um again we're in the rebuilding stage at quarterback so it really depends on him our defense you know uh, Mika Parsons. He was one of the top recruits on defense a couple of years ago that we had, and he's now in his second year. Um, he didn't have the best freshman year. Um, this year we're hoping for the best. Look um, for our defense to be a lot of a little bit more better than our offense, but our offense will be um, talented. You know, definitely next year. So look out for them with the, with the young studs that we have at receivers uh, behind Hamler, and then don't forget the main boy. Uh, return of the Mac, Mac Daddy, Mac Hippenhammer. Remember that name. Mr. Hippenhammer, man. He is a big boy, about six foot six foot receiver, about uh, buck eighty. He's gonna be next to KJ, uh, in the receiving court. Uh, another guy that's up and coming as well. These young these young talented receivers that were freshmen last year expect them to have a huge impact. Um this year, if not next year for sure. But um I see Penn State going at least eight and four this season, but that Minnesota game could be
1: potentially give him a 7-5 record this year so my money is on the under over 8.5 I hear you on, half, yes? I hear you Jeff any worries about Penn State real quick no I think you guys have covered that I think we covered it last uh,
0: week too uh, the schedule really you, you got that you know that that stretch right there a couple breaks to the left and to the right I mean changes the whole thing I mean you know when you, when you gotta go to Iowa on the 12th and then come home to play Michigan then to go to Michigan State I mean that's just a kidney punch a week off and Minnesota has um, I imagine will be a tough game then you come home to Indiana then you're going to go back to Ohio State and then end you know, with Rutgers put a beat down on them and get ready for a bowl game I do want to add right here breaking news the Celtics signed Cantor to a two year for 10 mil uh, two for 10 so good for them we talked about Mooney possibly but at least they get the big that they needed uh, I don't know what they have up their sleeve from there but at least we get some
1: Yeah, I saw that too um But you know what, man? I don't want to interrupt us talking about Rutgers, though, Jeff. Okay? This is Rutgers, Jeff. (laughs) Rutgers is our most important team on Saturdays because they either a bet with or a bet against. You know that there's only going to be one game, maybe two games, where they can even think about being a favorite. This is a team that I think that might be the underdog when they play UMass in the opener this year
0: just as long as they get UConn on the schedule that's a win so I don't know if they want um, you know UConn's
1: had the Rovers two and a hook get the under there I'll tell you well the Wreckers I just put two in a hook there they only have records win total on there because they don't know what to do with records. <laughs> they don't and I think that the records. honestly I said Ohio State's going undefeated I think records is going to go in reverse and go winless this year I think that Liberty one of the... They put Liberty on the schedule this year. That's how... And they put Liberty and UMass as their two non-conference games. As their two gimme games. And UMass is awful. But UMass has what it takes to beat Rutgers. And Liberty... Hey, Liberty, it was good last year. Liberty was doing some things last year. Let's keep it real. And... um they could possibly so that's two wins right there. So they easily go under two and a half this year. I actually got UConn going over three, over two and a half this year, Jeff. It's an improvement year. It's an improvement season. Don't they got three FCS schools on the schedule this year? They literally want to go back to the FCS too. I think that's what they might want to do once uh, the UConn goes back over and plays basketball. They might just say, you know what, we can go back to the FCS, right, and go play against Georgetown and all those teams, man. I, they're, they're
0: looking really for a soft schedule. The alum, the, uh, uh, the fact that uh, listen, as we all know, football's the most expensive school to hold uh, to hold on to, uh, and, and it's, it's so expensive. And, and these guys, you know, trying to pull up uh, a UMass, they're not ready. You know, the coach leaves, the coach is back now. Uh, I don't know much. I've been to a handful of games. I was there when Memphis put up 70 on them, and they could have put up 100 on them if they wanted to two years ago. um, uh, it's just so tough to watch, you know, and, and it's hard to believe, you know, that, you know, then you go and look at the basketball program, you know, a couple of national championships and the women's teams, you know, national championship and uh, final four bounds for God knows how long. And just, you go to a school for one sport, you know, these colleges, it's real tough to be multi-talented, at a, you know, at the big time programs. Well,
1: I feel it. Well, I know, and the records goes through the same thing. All right, so do you guys got a little bit of time to talk about the other half of the uh, Big Ten, or do I got to go to commercial? I have to flex. Okay. All right, so there it is. I knew that probably was going to happen, but you guys stay tight. You know I'm not going to be long with the western uh, side of this. You know the eastern side was more of the talk because that's who the champion of the Div- uh, the conference is going to be. So with that, fellas, uh, you guys go ahead and give them some parting words real quick, and then I'll go ahead and get it to a quick commercial break. Follow
0: us at EC Sports Invest on the Twitter. Uh, check out our website at East Coast sports Investors.com and our e store at store.EastcoastSportsInvestors.com. sports investors.com. Uh, 75% off four quick picks today. A $20 bill will get you four winners and $5 back. Call us, Pete. All right. You, can, uh, you guys can follow me at The Real Pete, Two. If you look up uh, PT, obviously I'm one of the first ones there follow me i'll follow you any questions in regards to philly sports penn state sports sports in general fantasy talk you let me know i'll be more than happy to answer any of your questions to give you any feedback for your future leagues that are coming up
1: and probably the next month man there it is guys um Thank you guys so much for uh, joining the show with us today. Hopefully we'll get you guys back tomorrow. But it is what it is. This is the Primetime Angles radio show with your boy, the Primetime Capper Pop DiBiase. The show is brought to you by Twinspires.com. And we'll be back to you in a few.
0: Want to get an inside look at recreational Vegas sports betting? All
1: right, fellas, then tune in to the having.
0: Vegas Squares podcast. Follow right, All us talk as we discuss you. the sports landscape and uh-huh. how it relates to the gambling world. Follow us on Twitter. At Vegas I know, Twitter but, you know, with us and get our y'all
1: was going. Check you know, yeah. I was going to stop y'all and be like, dude, me, you, you know, over. I got, we went a, over. Sports takes. I got yes, a script I set. I'm going to send y'all a script so we know. So everybody, know so I don't page page feel like, website, like I'm holding y'all up All right, man, I'll let y'all get to it, bro. Lays out every great sponsor. All right, I'll to y'all soon, man. you Great deals. All right. From great Amazon offers to hangover prevention fluids, tennis gear at 40% off, authentic and licensed licensed sports gear from every league with great offers, event tickets, MMA gear, the official CBS shop. I mean, the list goes on and on. Just go to www12 zsportsradiocom and navigate to
0: our sponsors page. We've laid it all...
1: are back with the Primetime Angles Radio Show brought to you by Twinspires.com, and let's get into the west side of the Big Ten Division. Man, tell me, there's a long-spirited talk that we just had, too. They 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 riling up at me about it. Hey, I guess I just had to throw in the time uh, time warnings. I just don't want to interrupt people when they're talking, but they said some great stuff, and they gave y'all what y'all need All right, uh, west side of the Big Ten, Illinois. We start off with them over three. Yeah, they're a good 4-8 team this season. Levin Smith will get something out of them. He'll get something out of the group this year. I got this team going over three. Their schedule is looking very mighty, mighty doable in that regard, too. Let me go ahead and double check. see what I was doing see what they're doing here Illinois 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 is going to be excellent this is going to be excellent for spreads as well this year too this right here their schedule is looking really 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 well, they got two wins. It looks like to start the season off, and then they'll run into some trouble when they get to the line. But I think that they'll be able to win all three of their games. They'll have three games already off top, so they're under. So they, I have them over three. Then they have records. so easily they should be able to win four games this season. And literally, this this should be where we're going this year and everything like that when it comes to this. So. Um, over three looks like a very, very strong bet. So that's where we're going to go here is you're going to take the over three with the line eye. All right. And that is it right there for the flight, the line eye over three. Then we got Iowa. I got them going under seven and a half this year. I think Iowa is going to be good, but they're not going to be. The team that they've been over the last few years, I think they're going to struggle a little bit. So that's why I'm going ahead and I'm taking Iowa to go under seven and a half this year. With that, though, you get a minus 130. So Vegas thinks that they should be up under that as well, too. Iowa. Their schedule just caused for them to go 7-5 and five this year, in my opinion. Yeah, they start the season off against Miami of Ohio, a team that actually uh, beat them a few years back at home. And then Rutgers the next week. Then they got a game against Iowa State. Then they got Middle Tennessee State. Both those games will be a little tough, but Middle Tennessee State shouldn't be as tough as Iowa State. Then it's Michigan Penn State after that. Then Purdue Northwestern. They they don't really get a break at all this year, except for when they play Illinois and Rutgers those are like their their games that they should win. Purdue is a game that they should win. They should really win all their home games this year against the uh conference, but um I do see them losing and having some hiccups this year. So, 7 and 5 at best for the Iowa Hawkeyes in my opinion. Okay, who do we have next? Minnesota, And then this was a team Philly Pete liked a lot, but I really think Minnesota is going to regress this year. I think this team actually goes five to seven. They won't fire the coach or anything at the end of the year. They know what he's doing, but I think that they're going to be a little overmatched, even though they had a humongous uh, bowl win against um, Georgia Tech, beating them 34 to 10 this year. I still really do think it's going to be tough sledding for them. They got South Dakota State to start the season off. We all know South Dakota State's uh, a pretty good team. Um, Also, Fresno State, on the road, that's a big one for Fresno, even though they did beat Fresno State last season. It's still a get back game for Fresno, and I think that they Fresno has it in their mind that they can win that game. It's a late game in uh California, Central California, at that too. Good old Fresno, okay. And that's the game that will be one something that Fresno can hold they hat on if Minnesota's to have a great season. And I really do think they run into a buzzsaw of a, in November with Penn State, Iowa, Northwestern, two or three two out of three of those games being on the road. So Minnesota's gonna run into some trouble there. Then Purdue and their home their home games kinda favor them a little bit, but they do have to draw Nebraska and then they've gotta play Penn State at home as well, too. And then they got Wisconsin at the end of the season and that in their old in their good old fashioned rivalry game for they play for a trophy. It's it's a pretty cool one. I think it's the Applewood trophy or something like that, but it's a pretty dope one. And then up next, we got... Up next, we got Nebraska. Nebraska. Now, Nebraska looks like everybody's favorite. Jeff loves them a lot. He thinks that they're going to be a really good team. I think that they're 7-5 and five at best. They can't go from from being one of the worst to being one of the best that quickly, in my opinion. Yeah, they they won a lot of their games at the end of the season last year. They looked really good, and then they also got a big, big boost when they did lose to Iowa at the end of the year, but they fought, they fought hard and lost the game by three, but still they fought so hard in that game. And everybody had this idea. Nebraska's on the way back. And Nebraska had such a great game against Ohio State last year, which pretty much started the the wave of them could be back. But once again they were three and six, four and eight. And literally I they were looked like a, a JV team most of the season to the end of the year. and I just felt like they took advantage of a lot of people's injuries and a lot of teams just not caring at the end of the season and their schedule kind of permitted them to win games in that that accord. So I think that they stay under eight and a half. it would be good if they went seven to five, but they look like a six to six team this season, in my uh, honest opinion. So that's where I'm going with Nebraska. Under eight and a half, that's a minus 195. So a lot of people think that they should probably uh, be hit at eight, eight and four, seven and five, six and six. But I think this team could possibly be five and seven this year too, if there's there's inju- injuries sustained to top players this season as well. So, you know, they're not a team that is, I have at all stealing the uh, West. Um, maybe sometime down the road, but not right now. And then we got Northwestern who's six and a half games and I got them going under as well too. I think Northwestern is going to take a big step back this year. I think that they might go four and eight this year, three and nine actually too. You know, I think they're going to be a bad team this season to be that honest with you. I know they got a great coach. I know that he's strong-willed and You know, he's he's the man up there at Northwestern, but still at the end of the day, I do think this team isn't good enough this year to to be seen as a top power. So I got them going well under six and a half games, and that's at minus one ten. Then Purdue, who became like the gym stars of who became kind of like the stars of the conference, they got the biggest upset of the year when they beat um, Ohio State. They look good doing it. They got a great quarter. They got a great uh, coach who was an excellent uh, college quarterback as well, uh, Jeff Brom. I think that with this though, they're gonna have their troubles, their woes this season, and they'll they'll be improved from last year. But they're not gonna be seen as a team that's gonna really really get over that hump. I think they go seven and five at best, and then I have them under eight eight even. No, no hook. I think that if they go eight and four, you get a push, and they're giving us minus one eighty-five on that. So seven and five at best for that team, in my opinion as well too. But they would love to go six and six like they did last year. Just and they got worked. They got absolutely demolished by Auburn in the uh, ball game. But regardless, though, I think they'll learn a lot from that and they'll be better. But they do have tough sledding to start the season. They gotta uh, go to Nevada play there in Reno which they could they should possibly win that game but they could be an upset there too then you got Vanderbilt which was gonna be a tough game because Vanderbilt is just tough SEC you know, And they always play against non-conferences pretty well. And they were another team that got much better at the end of the season last year. And then TCU is going to be a really, really hard game for them. Even though it, the game is going to be played at Purdue, it's still going to be a very tough game for that team as well, too. So you look at their first four games of the season, first five, really, they got a really tough schedule. L- last year, they had a schedule that kind of dictated that they'd be really, really good right away. And they they were. And they were able to play an opening season game that they looked really, really good in. And then they were able to bounce back from that and play even better football as as they moved along. And then they got the big Ohio State upset. And then they really pretty much took two steps back after that. So, there it is. I got Purdue 6-6, um, six and 7-5 six, and five at best. And then... We got a goodie, uh oldie but goodie, Wisconsin. Wisconsin returns to form. I got Wisconsin going um, over eight and a half wins this year. I actually have them winning the West. I think they went 10 games or better this year as well, too. So, Wisconsin over eight and a half. Their schedule does line up to where they're going to have a lot of their key games at home. So, that's why I'm rolling with the Nebraska to go ahead and – not Nebraska, I'm so sorry. Um, Wisconsin kids – You know how many teams wear red and white in this conference? I think there's six that wear red and white in this conference. So, you'll get confused. Only one that you don't confuse them with is Ohio State because they got a gray helmet. But the rest of them wear white and red. Maryland is a black and red team. But, you know, I can't believe how many teams wear red in this conference. Like, seriously. There's a lot of teams, man. So, Wisconsin over eight and a half with Wisconsin. I like that. I like that a lot. And then that's it. That's it. That's the West for you. And I got Wisconsin winning the Western Division and playing Ohio State once again in Indianapolis. And the winner gets to uh, the Final Four, in my opinion. Well, Ohio State already be in the driver's seat to go to the Final Four. But, you know, Wisconsin can play the spoiler. We'll see how it goes. But real quick, um, I'm going to go to, you know what, We're not going to go to the commercial. I'm going to go ahead and switch gears and go to the MLB because I had the uh, the summer league uh, stuff for you guys as well, too. And I also wanted to talk a little bit of boxing. And uh, I will talk a little bit of boxing real quick. Charlo cruises to a unanimous decision in Houston against uh, Brandon Adams, a guy who um, who won the contender against Sugar Shane Mosley Jr. And he... um, actually um, had his biggest uh, fight of his career and winds up losing the game. I mean, losing the fight, literally uh, 12 rounds to none on on two of the judge's cards, and then one judge gave him a round. So literally, he only won one round, in their opinion. I thought he fought much better than that. He was a very, very, very rugged fighter he threw a lot of good hard shots but I think that at the end of the day Charlo is just classes and levels ahead of him and that's why he's able to pull off the big win then um Erickson Lubin um I got an interview with him as well too interviewed him over at the um Weston at the LAX by LAX and um when he during his last fight when he knocked out Ishii Smith in about the fourth round this time around he fought um a frenchman who's a journeyman and he beat him by big KO he ended that fight in about the 4th round as well too showing a, a brilliant speed and br- brilliant hand speed and brilliant power behind that hand speed as well too he's a guy to look out for at 154 right now he is the number 1 contender for the WBC strap so that means that him and uh, Jermell Charlo could be setting up a fight very very soon Jamal Jamal Charlo because the other charlo knocked him out, so they should be setting up their their fight very very soon um if he wants to jump to 160, but I think that he might be sticking around, trying to fight somebody like a Jared Hurd, or maybe, uh, try to get in the J-Rock sweepstakes, you know, but Jared, J-Rock does have to fight Jared Hurd again, and, you know, Tony, and Tony Harrison has the WBC strap, and he's obligated to fight Char the other Charlo twin, so, um, there it is with that, and then, um, Boo Boo Andretti, went ahead and got himself a a big victory on Saturday night against Sulecki and then he also was able to uh, call out Canelo and Triple G saying that, you know, it's that time and they need to get it on and who can blame him, you know? That guy deserves every opportunity to get that fight and they better go ahead and get Situated, they're all on his the own. there is no excuse. So, hopefully, Booboo Andretti can get the fight that he's begging for, and then maybe he can prove to us that he can beat one of these two uh rugged um middleweight shot callers in Canelo or Triple G. So, there it is, Booboo Andretti calls out Canelo and Triple G. He wants to unify when it comes to Triple G, uh, Canelo, and he wants to really just embarrass Triple G. But we'll see how it goes though. We is he ready? Is he not ready? Um. Hopefully, though, he can get his fight with Charlo that they've been chomping at the bit for forever. So hopefully we can get that done. And real quick, Regis Progress. Remember this name. That guy is going to be the best fighter at 140 when it's all said and done by mid-2020. Once they get done with the um, World Series uh, uh, boxing uh, um tournament that he's in for the 140 straps. He's the WBC champion and he is the WBO champion and he's just looking to pick up all the belts to be that honest with you and then he might be fighting uh, Mario Barrio sometime next year um, if Mario Barrio is, is successful winning the WBA title so it's going to be fun and both those guys are from Texas so that would be a fun fight to watch in the state of Texas so that's something to look forward for uh, to as well. Uh, Regis though, the best in 140 he might be the best fighter on the planet, in my opinion. The guy is so too, so good defensively and so good um, with the hands as well, too. So you guys keep, be on the lookout. You guys stay posted about him. And then I really, really feel like this is coming. WBC lightweight championship 2020 Haney versus Loma. Are you ready for that? I think that this could change the whole game right here. Devin Haynes is able to land this fight against Lomachenko and then be able to fight him for 12 rounds and then get the decision. I think that's what would occur if they're able to uh, get it on because, you know, Devon's younger, he's faster, and he might just be a little bit more craftier than Lomachenko. Lomachenko is a superior athlete, but who has he really faced since he's, you know, came into dominance? Yes, he fought Gamboa, who was a little overrated, and then he fought um, uh, uh, Regandale, who was very, very little, compared to most, you know, the most lightweights and everything like that. So he did jump up to take the fights, but he was a little out. He's a little outlay, out, uh, classed in that one. So I think Haney versus Loma could have the projections of fight a year and it could propel Devin Haney to pound for pound status as a top three pound for pound guy if he's able to pull off the big upset against uh, Lomachenko. But I hope that fight does happen in 2020. All right. Now, let's go ahead and talk some baseball real quick. We got, uh, actually, we got the super high five today. No pick six because we only got six games on the schedule, and the first game of the day started early, uh, right when the radio show started, and it was actually the Canada Day game in Toronto. So well, this is what I'm doing here. I'm taking the Pirates, money line plus 105, Pirates are the home team today going against the Cubs. And I like what I see with the uh, Pirates as well. I think that they'll be able to take care of their business today. A lot of people are going to overbet the Cubs because the number tells you to take the Cubs today. But this is going to be a game that's going to be on national television as well. It's going to be on ESPN. And I think that the Pirates are going to shine on the national stage. So there it is. Pirates, ML, plus 105. Then we got the over, 10 brewers reds i think that this is going to be a good shot right here because molly um literally was getting tagged left and right by the angels and the brewers have way better bats than the angels other than pool holes and trout and i think that the brewers and reds both are going to be uh having some fireworks today. So that's why I'm gonna go ahead and take the over 10 with the Brewers and the Reds. And then we got my dog of the day, and I'm gonna go ahead and write an article about it as well too. The Orioles, who actually won two out of three this weekend against the Indians. And they actually, the first two games, went 26, they beat them. They had an average, it wound up being 26 to zip the first two games of, of the series for a team that was a plus 200 in both spots. Absolutely nuts nuts and once again the Blue Jays get the over on Canada Day and they're up seven runs and they haven't lost this game in years uh to be dead honest with you they've set this game up and I've haven't seen them lose it yet over the last five six years we've been having to I've been you know strongly you know public with sports betting and things of that nature so um, that's good for you. So that was just a game that was really like a gimme game right there. So if you took the Blue Jays, you were very smart today. And then, um, yeah, but the Orioles, I see them as the dog of the day today. I think that they get a big win over the Rays who are going with the bullpen in this spot. And they have a starter going in this spot. But I think that the Orioles feeling real confident after uh, what they did last, this weekend against the Indians. That should rub off into the day because the Rays should be overlooking them, and there we go, give me a, uh, Oreos victory, a late, uh, good, good, hard-fought win, and there you go, Orioles plus 225, then I got the Rangers coming in at minus one and a half today, they get a good number for us as well, too, it's a plus, uh, 140. Um, from what I was seeing, Mike Miner takes the mound for us. He's one of the better pitchers in the MLB right now. He is in the Cy Young race as well, too. Even though he's not a top five guy, he's still in the race. He still has his name up there. And I do think that he will take care of his business tonight. We do have a team that won their last three out of five, even though they lost the last two in a row. But this was against Tampa Bay, and it was on the road. So now they're back at home. And I think that with, with some of that home cooking tonight, they'll go ahead and they'll. Uh, Beat the Angels and beat the Angels by a lot, and because the Angels been struggling, they won four in a row. Then they literally just went ahead and just lost three in a row, and they've been awful, only scoring five runs in those three losses as well too, and then giving up twenty three. So, so literally been beat twenty three to five in the last few games. So the hidden's a little down right now with the Rangers at with the Angels at this point. I can trust the Rangers a little bit more in this game. I think they take advantage of the Angels team that's uh, faltering a little bit at this point, and then they literally go ahead and win this game by two or more runs. So there it is, Rangers uh, by two or more, and we are getting plus money on that. It's a run line of minus one and a half. And last but not least. The night game, the night cap, we got the Giants and the Padres, and I got this game going under eight. I think that the game finishes up at best four to three. It's gonna be a close game as well. too I wouldn't say that the Padres are a lock in this spot, but they are do present a very strong value if you want to take them on a two-run uh situation, or if you wanna just go ahead and say, you know what, I'm gonna just uh drink the chalky shake and take them on to minus 170. But under eight feels like the safest, smartest bet here. So with that, that's going to wrap up our MLB prime time super high five. And that's literally going to wrap up our show for the day. So I want to thank my boys for coming on in the Don of Cape Kai, Jeff Dawson, um, Philly Pete, AKA PD the jeweler. We got some great things on the horizon this week. I got some big news coming. Hopefully uh, we, we cover, The summer league and everything like that this weekend. We still waiting on the credentials and things like that, but I confirm that sometime this week. But I want to thank you guys so much for listening to the show today. And it's the first show of the week, so you know what? I'm excited. I I think that we're going to big places with this thing right now. So you guys. Keep it cool. Keep it calm. This is the Primetime Angles radio show with your boy, the Primetime Capper, Pop DiBiase. And the show is brought to you by Twinspires.com. I'll be back to you tomorrow at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Y'all have a beautiful one.